This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. I'm going to piggyback off of what Pastor Jason talked about this morning. And I want you to turn to the book of Job, chapter number 1 again. And I want to show you a few verses, and I want to talk to you about a little thought out of verse 20. Brother Jason just kindly, he hit on it this morning, and I could not get away from the phrase. It's circled in my Bible, but I've never preached on it. If I was going to put a title to this, it would be simply entitled, It's Time to Get Up. Too many times we sit around, we sulk around, and we moan around, and we, we whine around. How do I know? Because I is that. It's a lot easier to sulk than it is to walk. It's a lot easier to moan and whine than it is to do something about it. How do I know? Because Tyler is chief numero uno at it. And if you're honest, so are you. And I want you to notice, I want to show you something that I don't know that you've ever noticed. I had never noticed it until this morning. In verse number 14. Let's read from verse 14 down through verse number 20. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Now I want you to look in verse number 16. So it says in verse 15 that the Sabians fell upon them. I think that's an odd word, don't you? Wouldn't it be better to say they just took them? But it says they fell upon them. Now I want you to look in verse number 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven. So it says the Sabians fell, and now it says that the fire has fallen. Now skip down to verse number 17. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels. So the Sabians fell upon the oxen. And then the fire of God fell and burned up the sheep. And then the Chaldeans fell upon the, the, the camels. Now I want you to go down in verse number 19. The Bible says, And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. So the Sabians fell. Then all of a sudden the fire from heaven fell. And then the Chaldeans fell. And then we find that the house fell. Now, I want you to notice verse number 20, and this is my thought. Now, if all of that was going on, I believe if this had been written about Baptist people like you and I, if we found out the Chaldeans fell, and then we found out that the fire fell, and then we found out that the Sabians fell, and then we found out that the house had fallen, you know what the next verse would say? And Tyler fell. Am I right about it? But I want you to notice what it says. Verse 20 then Job arose. When everything else was falling, Job got up. 
When everything else was coming apart, Job was coming together. When all the world was going into just shambles and shackles and pieces and being pumped around, Job got it together. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I'm looking at that word, fell. Four different times in our passage when we've heard the story about Job, we hear about all the things that happened to Job. And we hear about all the things that occur in the life of Job. But yet the Bible makes clear to give you a detailed record of everything that happens in the life of Job. Can I stop and take a time out? I know it looks like that your life goes from mess to mess to mess to mess. But everything in your life has been choreographed by God. And in heaven right now, the story of your life is not being written. As it happens, the story of your life is following the playbook that God has ordained for you from the foundation of the world. Now, here's what I'm telling you. Your life is not falling apart. Your life is running right on script because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. And it says four different times that the Sabians did this and it fell upon him. Then it says the fire of God did this and it fell upon him. Him. Then it says the Chaldeans did this and they fell upon him. And then this happened and the house fell and it fell upon his children. Brothers and sisters, there's a whole lot in life that'll get you down. There's a whole lot in life that'll mess you up. I looked up that word fell and it means to overthrow or to overwhelm. Can I get a witness in the house on a Sunday night? There's a whole lot that'll try to overwhelm you and there's a whole lot that'll try to overthrow you. And I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your faith. I'm talking about those things that allow you to keep walking in the plan of God. There's a whole lot in your life that's going to fall upon you in order to make you fall in your path. Make you fall in your walk with God. Make you fall in the situation you're in. You say, what will cause me to fall? Well, if you look at the four things that fell upon Job, you'll find those are the same four things that are going to make you fall. Number one, the first thing that's going to try to make you fall is the determination of the devil. It says in verse number 15, the Sabians fell upon him. That word Sabian, it comes from an old Hebrew word where we get the word Sheba. You remember the queen of Sheba, she was a Sabian. I looked up that word Sabian, which is from the word Sheba, and it literally means an oath or a vow or the number seven. Whenever you think about the number seven in your Bible, it is the number of divine order that cannot be usurped. So how is it that this Sabian is so determined, is so on path that it cannot be dissuaded? Brothers and sisters, that's the same kind of intensity that the devil has got locked on your life right now. That's the kind of intensity that the adversary is throwing against you right now. He is not swayed. He is not turned aside. Man, you had a good day yesterday. He's locked on you today. You had a bad day yesterday. Honey, he's locked on you today. That's why you can't ever go a day without praying. That's why you can't ever go a day without seeking the face of God. If you're having a good day today, that's the day you need to lock down on God and say, Lord, I don't know what's coming tomorrow, but it's going way too good today. So tomorrow may be a battle from another world. Don't ever go a day without being determined to walk with God, being determined to surround your family in prayer, being determined to stay faithful to God because the devil has not lost determination against you. 
Honey, the Sabians were coming after those flocks that day. They didn't care what stood in their way. They didn't care what made their path easy or made their path hard. They said, Job has got something. Man, that feels good when I said that right there. They said, Job has got something that we want, and we are locked on until we get what Job has. What did Job have? Job had blessings from another world. You realize right now, it is the will of the devil to take the blessings of God from your life. And he knows he cannot take them from your life. So here's what he'll do. He'll get you out of the place where you are blessable and he'll put you in a place where you have fallen and he'll lock on your life and he wants what you've got. He'll lock on your family. He'll lock on your mind. He'll lock on your finances. He'll lock on your job. He'll lock on your kids. He'll lock on your church. He'll lock on your nation. He'll lock on everything and he will not be dissuaded and before you know it, if you are not as determined as the devil is against you and determined to push back, he will take everything that God has given to you. I had a preacher tell us the other week, this is what he said. I said, man, what hope is there in going in this thing for God? It feels like there's always problems. It feels like the devil's coming against you. It feels like he's always trying to usurp you. It feels like he's always trying to overwhelm you. This is what that old preacher said. He said, son, don't worry. God's got more invested in you than you've got invested in him. It means more to God for you to get through than it does for you to get through. So keep your eyes eyes locked on the Father. Don't let the devil be determined and overcomplicate things because he cannot overwhelm you. But you got to remember, honey, he is determined to take you out. Number two, it's not just the determination of the devil. But in verse 16, I'll tell you something else that will make you fall. The trials from God. Notice what it says in verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen From where? Heaven. Can I rock your world right quick? Not every bad thing in your life is from the devil. Not every bad, crooked thing that happened to you is from the adversary. Some of those things were brought on by the hand of God himself. Can I ask you a question? Do you really think the devil has power to give you cancer? He's got no power over the child of God. So then where did that come from? The fire from heaven. Why would God do something like that? He wants to see, do you love him or do you love what he does for you? I'm not interested if my kids care about what I can do for them. I want to know, do my kids love me? I don't want to know, do my kids like what I give them? I want to know, do my kids love me? And sometimes you've got to take those good things out of their lives in order to see how they really feel about you. When you take those blessings out of their life, are they going to bow up and get mad and pout like a big baby? Or are they going to keep on going in relationship with you like they always have? That's what God will do every now and again. And sometimes those things that occur in your life, That come out of nowhere. That you've done nothing to earn. Those are trials sent by God. How do you know if it's a trial sent by God? If it came out of nowhere. And you cannot connect it to any decision you've made or have not made. It just happens. Fire come out of heaven. And licked up all the flocks. Come on. 
You're running, you're running your life just fine, and all of a sudden you have a massive heart attack, and all you do are eat salads. Am I right about it? Yeah. Isn't it amazing that the things you try the hardest on are where God hits you? You do your very best to be kind to everybody in your life. And they treat you like dirt. Because God will hit you where you are the weakest in order to see if when you fall, you'll get back up. When they treat you like dirt... Are you going to stay in the ground and say, you know what? I'm tired of being treated like dirt. I'm going to treat them like dirt back. Are you going to be like Job where it says that fell upon him, yet Job got back up. When they treat you like scum, yet Job got back up. When they treat you like you're nothing, yet Job got back up. When they come against you, yet Job got back up. Whenever the fire fell, yet Job got back up. Have you ever thought about why Job got back up? There was nothing to look at. He didn't have a house to look at. He didn't have fields to look at. He didn't have animals to look at but he still had one thing that he could lift his eyes up to he didn't have fields and he didn't have flocks and he didn't have a family and he didn't have finances and he didn't have good flesh but you know what he did have he had a God in heaven and he said God when I don't have flocks and I don't have fields and I don't have people around me I can still lift up my eyes to heaven ladies and gentlemen sometimes God will knock you down just to see will you get back up and look back at him it fell the trials from God. Number three, verse number 17. I'll tell you something else that will knock you down. The consequences of your past. Notice what it says in verse number 17. Who comes against his camels? Do you know what camels were? Camels were animals that were used to trade with. You would put all of your bounty on these camels. And they would trade back and forth to distant lands. Now watch who comes after him. It was... The Chaldeans. Now why does, that, why does that strike a chord? Here's why that strikes a chord. The last time we saw the Chaldeans was in Genesis chapter number 11. And at the time that it happens, there is a man who has built a massive tower at a place called the Ur of the Chaldees. It's called the Tower of Babel. And his name is Nimrod. Abraham is living at the same time as Nimrod at the Ur of the Chaldees. And Abraham leaves the Ur of the Chaldees. But guess who was still there? Nimrod. And you know what Nimrod said? Nimrod said, if I could not kill a righteous man in the Ur of the Chaldees, then I'm going to go everywhere I can to ruin the lives. You see, he wasn't dealt with way back yonder. Because he wasn't dealt with way back yonder, he came after Job eventually. Hear me now. Time out. I don't know how to say this. Jesus forgets your past when you get saved, but the devil doesn't. The God of heaven forgets your past, but your sin and my sin set in motion a series of consequences that outside of the usurping and the moving of the God of heaven, You will reap what you sow. Let me put it to you like this because I can tell y'all are eating this part up. Man that smokes for 50 years, drinks for 50 years, gets saved as a 60-year-old man. Does that mean he's not going to have lung cancer? 
does that mean he's not going to be eat up with cirrhosis and everything under the sun? Now, I'm not saying everybody's got lung cancer smoking. I'm not saying everybody has cirrhosis of the liver drink. You know what I'm saying. What I'm saying is salvation takes care of eternity. But there are still present consequences. Let me tell you something. There are people in this room right now. Your past, every now and again, it creeps up like a weed in the flower bed. And you got to deal with it. Job said, you know what? Somebody should have dealt with those Chaldeans way back there. And they've come to knock me down. But you know what Job did? When his past knocked him down, the Bible says, Then Job arose. Do not let your past, even when it rears its ugly head, past relationships rear their ugly heads, past situations rear their ugly heads, past decisions rear their ugly heads. It will discourage you and it will break your heart and it will shatter your faith and you won't know what weighs up and what weighs down. And when you don't know what weighs up and what weighs down, you've got to get back up and say, Lord, I cannot control. My God, I can't control my yesterday nor what my yesterday does. But I sure enough, by the hair of my chinny chin chin and the faith in my heart of hearts I can control my today and I'm going to live my today I'm going to get back up don't give your past power over your today because if you'll empower your today then your future will be taken care of but when you repower your past it will ruin your today and destroy your tomorrow sometimes you're going to have to get back up even when those old Chaldeans come after you. But number four, I'm going to tell you something that's knocking a lot of us down. In verse number 19, it's the storms of adversity. Watch what it says in verse number 19. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell. Can I put something in perspective? I was looking at a map while the choir was singing just to, just to make sure I knew what I was talking about. Where is Job? The Bible says that Job's the most righteous man in Uz. Uz is in the land of Midian, right in the smack dab of the, the Sinai Peninsula. Now watch this. When the Sabians come upon him, that's from the south. When the Chaldeans come upon him, that's from the north. When the wind from the wilderness comes upon him, that's from the east. And when the fire from God fell, that's from Jerusalem, that's from the west. Job's getting hit in every single direction. Yet Job stood and arose. Now, can I show you something that made me turn a Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, Nazarene church, a God's snot slinging spell? When I thought about it this afternoon, the Bible says the wind came and knocked the house down. Then Job arose. How did Job rise up with all that weight on him? How did 
did Job stand up when all that stuff had fallen upon him? Do you know why? No matter how strong a tornado is, no matter how strong a cyclone is, no matter how strong a storm is, it can knock the walls out, it can knock the ceiling out, it can knock the windows out, it can knock the shingles off, it can blow the front door out, but there is one thing that no matter how strong the wind is, it cannot destroy. When it can take the roof down and it can take the walls out and it can take the windows out and it can take the door out and it can take the granite countertops out and it can take the stainless steel sink out and it can knock your porcelain toilets out and it can take your bathtub out of the wall. You know what it cannot touch? It cannot touch the foundation upon which you stand. And Job said, there may be a lot upon me, but yet I'm still standing upon a strong foundation. And right now you may be falling down and you may be weak and you may be weary and the winds may have blown and torn your house down. But at the end of the day, I'm not founded upon what's above me. I'm founded upon what's beneath me. And I'm telling you right now, you can get up in Jesus' name. You can stand up in Jesus' name. You can get on with your life in Jesus' name. No matter what direction it's coming from, it can be coming from the north. It can be coming from the south. It can be coming from the east. Or it can be coming from the west. But yet you're still founded upon the rock of ages. Cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. It's going to be okay. That's how it says, then Job arose. Let me give you four things. And I mean, they're going to be shotgun fast. I can smell the chicken that's waiting for us. Number one, can I show you the timing of his arising? Watch what it says in verse number 20. It says, then Job arose. When? After it all went to pot. Then Job arose. When his family was gone, then Job arose. When all hope was out the door, then Job arose. When it was all gone, then Job arose. I don't know where in the world we get this idea that it's all falling apart. Maybe God is a blowing the thing apart because you got too much on you and you got too much around you and God wants you to stand up. You do realize that day. I just thought about this. Here's what got in my head. If there's a camel there, do you know what the tallest thing in the field is? It's a camel. If there's a house out there, do you know what the tallest thing is? It's a house. If there's sheep and there's animals and there's cows and there's oxen out there, do you know what the tallest thing out there is? It's the sheep and the oxen and the animals. If there's a high field of wheat out there, do you know what the tallest thing out there is? It's the wheat. And when somebody looks out, they could see a tall house or they could see a tall animal or they could see a tall field. But when God took all of that away and one man stood up, do you know what they saw when they looked out across the plain? They saw one man that was standing high above the ashes. They were standing high above the problem. Maybe God is a blowing everything out of your life because he wants to show you as the example of grace, wants to show you as the example of resilience, wants to show you as the example of somebody that can stick to it, wants to show you as what he is making. God's not interested in making houses. God's not interested in making things. God is interested in making men and women of character and men and women of faith. And sometimes he's got to peel the layers of the onion back to get to that thing which is in the center. Now listen to me. Somebody needs to have their then moment right now. Your life falling apart, then they arose. Is it all coming against you? Then they arose. 
Are there any other men in this room that are crybabies? I feel guilty just saying it. I mean, when I say crybabies, I mean just, just babies. If it don't go your way, life is wonderful as long as I'm in control. As long as we're eating where I want to eat and going where I want to go and doing what I want to do and saying what I want to say and being where I want to be, I love my life. And the problem is, there's two of us in the house. My Bible just keeps telling me that we're both made in the image of God. And every time I read and try to preach on wives, submit to your husbands. I read also where he says, husbands, live in reverence to your wives. Be in subjection to them as unto the weaker vessel. And live as unto the Lord. Boy, I wish there was some verses I could tear out of my Bible. I'm going to tell you something. Nobody enjoys sulking like me. If you think you can whine, you ain't seen nothing. Have you ever thought about the fact that things don't get better until you start making them better? You do realize life will be terrible as long as you let life be terrible. People will bother you as long as you let people bother you. Things will get on your nerves as long as you let things get on your nerves. But when you have that moment where you say, then, I'm getting up now. Now watch this. When Job got up, the only thing that changed was his position. He still had no flocks. He still had no family. He still had no home. He still had no money. But the only thing that changed was his perspective. Because when he stood up, he could now see clearly all the way around him. Stop waiting on the house to get built back and stand up and keep on moving. That's the timing of it. Number two, I got to keep going. I ain't even going to get to all these. I ain't even going to try to get to all these. Number two, I want you to notice our battle. The word, it says, and Job arose. Now you teenagers ain't going to have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But something happened when I turned 30. And they say it happens even worse when you turn 40. And they say it all goes to pot when you hit 50. And I heard the other day from somebody that made it to 60, it really gets bad. And I met one other person the other day that when they hit 70, they really... Have you ever been around a young person when, when they're on the ground and they go to get up? Looks like a jack-in-the-box. In fact, my kids, I don't even get near my kids when they're sitting down. Because at any moment, they could pop up and catch me up under my chin and knock out every single one of my teeth on the right side. And I got like $4,000 worth of crowns on the left side and I ain't losing those. 
Man. You ever been around an old person trying to get up? Somebody ought to give them a towel. It's work. Any old people going to give me a testimony right now? It's work. It's work, man. You get down. That's the worst thing in the world when I see a grandmother down in the floor playing with the baby. You know what I say? They thinking to know what pain is. You ever watch somebody like that? I ain't going to make fun of nobody because I'm, I'm going to be there soon. We having this baby. I'm going to be that age when they get into preschool. Hey, and I need to stop and take a time out. And I need to apologize to Vern for raising children in his old age. I need to apologize to Donnie for calling you a papa daddy. Because I'm going to be right there with you, Donnie. Son, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be buying diapers two for one. One for the baby and one for me. Say amen right there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You watch somebody that's elderly, they'll get up down there like this. And I ain't making fun of them. I'm being serious. They get a grimace on their face. And arthritis in their knees. And have to put all that pressure. And they start wobbling when they get up. And I used to ask my grandmother, I'd say, Granny, needs some help? She said, no, honey, once I get up, I'll be okay. She'd take her back, she'd pop that back out, and she'd, she'd kind of loosen up. And I could think about that line. She said, I'd say, you need help up? She said, no, honey. Once I get up, I'll be okay. And I know it looks like a lot of work from where you're sitting right now in the situation that you're in to get back up. I promise you it's going to be a battle trying to move on from those situations. It's going to be a battle trying to move on from that problem and that pain and that issue and that betrayal and that heartbreak and that heartache. But about the best thing you can do is remember it may be hard while I'm a standing up. But once I get up, I'll be okay. And I promise somebody right now it may hurt while you're getting up. And there may be some creaking and some popping and some hurting and some aching while it's a going on but when you finally stand up and you're able to move on your way you'll find that it was worth getting up it was worth moving on because the battle will be over once you finally get up I'll give you one more okay I want to show you one more and I ain't going to get into number three but I'll skip to number four I want to show you some encouragement verse number 22 can I show you a verse that I hope you'll circle and live out all the days of your life watch what it says in verse 22 in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Just because you're in the dirt doesn't mean you got to get dirty. Just because you've been knocked down doesn't mean you've got to have the scrapes and the scars of that. My Mason... Bless his heart. He has no idea what's coming with this baby. It's about the last, I don't know, he's been hooked on tennis shoes. We had two pair of shoes. Sunday shoes and every other day shoes. And we got those shoes at what, y'all don't even know what this is. Y'all don't even know. You don't have a clue. You ever heard of pick and pay? You, you don't know. You don't know style. 
until the side of your shoe has got Shaquille O'Neal with a head about that big because it's a knockoff brand. You don't know style. My boy loves shoes. Loves shoes. We'll go get him shoes for his birthday or we'll make him save up money and he'll go buy shoes at the store. And he's walking like this. And I said, son, do they not fit? He's like, no, daddy. I don't want to stir the dirt up. I said, son, you look like you got the palsy, man. Would you just keep on walking? I'd say, son, isn't it awkward walking like that? He'd say, not nearly as awkward as it is having dirty new shoes. You know, the old boy's got a, got a point. Just because he walks through the dirt doesn't mean he's got to have the residual dust. And just because bad stuff's happening to you doesn't mean you got to get bad with it. In all this, Job sinned not. Can I ask you a question? Who will suffer if you get dirty when you're down in the dirt? I'll tell you who will suffer. It ain't going to be you. It's going to be the ones that got to help you get cleaned off. I don't have a baby right now. Where's my Hurley? Bring me my Hurley. Bring me my Hurley in the carrier. If he's asleep, bring him in the carrier. Bring my Hurley. I have named Hurley the official mascot. He is my official mascot. Flip him around up there, Hunter. There you go. I want you to watch this baby. Hunter, his daddy. Has got all the choices in the world on what he'll do. Hurley's too small to walk in the dirt. But what Hurley doesn't realize is if his daddy stirs up the dust, his daddy won't be the only one that gets dirty. Some of you need to realize your decisions affect more than you. You, you, you haul off and tell people off. You ain't going to be the only one that suffers with it. You can haul off and get mad at God and walk away from God. All because your family and your life. I get it. But you're not going to be the one that suffers. Some of you right now need to say, Lord, the devil himself can do what he wants. But at the end of the day, I don't have to act like him. In all this... Job, sin not. I got to thinking about Hurley the other day. I got to thinking about my brother-in-law. got to thinking about my sister. got to thinking about my mama. got to thinking about my dad. Stepmother, my stepfather. got to think about Erica and then Mason and Ellen. And the little baby that's a-coming. You know, I've walked through this. I've lived through this. So I can say what I'm about to say. With authority in my heart. As a father. I can mess up. And move on. But you will leave dirt. Upon those that follow you. That they'll never shake off.
all the days of their life. So I said all of this tonight just to say somebody in this house needs to get up. And you need to move on and stop letting all that stuff from your yesterday and your mess ups and all the people that are doing Stop letting it make you fall. It's time to get back up. 